locked into the zone with Diamonds and Roses podcast, bringing you one step closer to Pacific Northwest and Southwest Canada baseball news, stories, and history. Proudly fueled by Baseballism, they're America's brand, Big League Chew, the official bubblegum of Diamonds and Roses podcast, and Devo Bat Company, professional wood grain bats for the love of the game. And now your hosts, Ben and Travis. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Diamonds and Roses podcast. As always, I am your host, Ben. Before we get into this episode today with you, I want to make sure you, if you like this podcast or there's something going on with it that you'd like to see different, go ahead, give us a comment, give us some feedback. And if you like it, go ahead, um, give us a click and like, say you like it, give us a review. We're, we're really waiting uh, to hear what you have to say about the podcast and and what we can be doing differently or what we can sustain here as a, a group. Um, but getting on with today's episode, we have from Victoria, British Columbia, the hitting and catching coach and director of player development and jack of all trades, uh, Curtis Helta. And again, we were going over this prior to the episode, so I, I, I apologize if I mispronounced your last name. But as you had said, sometimes when you get introduced in ball games, they just say your first name. So, Coach, uh, welcome to the podcast, and thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Ben. I appreciate it. Um, like I said before, when we were chatting. You know, we've been, uh, we've met, you know, we've met, we've talked about doing this, and it's uh, taken a little bit of time to, to actually nail it down. So, thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, you've been one of those guys within the organization or the league known as the West Coast League that I've actually looked at uh, for some time. Um, you know, you like I said, you're a jack of all trades, but that's that's like an understatement because some of the things that I was looking at um, when when thinking about how we're going to do this podcast was how can I condense everything that you've done? into like one one episode and you know you've you're the current hitting and catching coach and director of player development with the harbor cats i mean you've been doing that since what to about 2018 Um, and you've also taken on other different roles with the harbor cats and the organization we're going to get into that also um you know your associate scout with the miami marlins um, you have some stuff going on with the Players Club, and you've got all of these things going on. And it's just sometimes I wonder, how do you find, ultimately, how do you find time to, like, get this all in to your work week? Well, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a great question. I get asked that all the time because it seems like something new is always popping up with me. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of this was scripted um quite some time ago and these are all these are all pieces that are starting to come out of you know an overall plan that you know I've had in my head not even since 2018 you know since probably 2010 you know when I when I started getting really into coaching I mean even shooting before that it was you know probably 2000 and 2005 when I first started really coaching and you know um the Harcats took me on in 2018 um you know, again, like I said, I'd taken a little bit of time off, um, with my family, um, you know, and I needed a little bit of rest, a little, little bit of time away from the game. 
you know, I think some coaches need that. Um, and it, it recharged me, you know, it, it allowed me to kind of narrow my focus on what it is I wanted to do with the game. And I think at the end of the day, what I want to do and what I want to leave behind is, is known as a guy that creates opportunities for others. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, it, it all started, you know, I was, shoot, I came on with the Harvard cast in 2018. I was the bullpen coach. You know, I stayed down in the bullpen with all the pitchers, talked to those guys. Um, and I did a lot of, you know, I put my hand up to do a lot of other things with the organization. You know, I did a lot of corporate sales. I was born and raised in Victoria. So, you know, there was, in my eyes, a lot of low-hanging fruit that we were able to get a lot, a lot more people involved with the team and with the league. And you know, the Harbor Cats have a great reputation of, uh, you know, phenomenal fan base and um, you know, great support at, at, at Wilson's Group Stadium there. So it's, um, you know, I, I just, I, I kind of walked into Jim's office one day, the owner, and just kind of said, "Hey, I'm." I didn't even ask. I just told him I'm taking the back office. You know, I just put my stuff in there and got to work. He just, I don't know. He didn't really have a choice. And, um, you know, he, he can agree with that. That's how Jim is. You know, he's, uh, he's a boss, but he's also your partner. You know, he works with you on things. He's, you know, if you're loyal and you do good work, man, he's, he's, he's there for you. He'll do anything for you. So we've created a great relationship, um, you know, since 2018, you know, along with the other owners, John, Rich, Ken, and their families, um, you know, it's, it's been fun. So 2018 happened, you know, I was a, a bullpen coach. I got to, you know, got to get a feel for the organization. And one of the things that I, I really, I saw a void was what we were doing with, with the youth in our city. You know, we're, we're kind of the pinnacle of baseball in Victoria. You know, it's where people come to watch the games, where kids love to come hang out and watch games. So, you know, I, I created, created the program in 20, I guess it was really early 2019. No, 20, it was late 2018. I created the Players Club. And I called it the Players Club because I didn't, I didn't have a name for it. You know, I wanted to work with, with players. And um, I think somebody else might have said it in an email. And they just said, hey, I heard you got some club for players that, you know, you train them. And that's how it was born. I, I just, I thought, you know, let's keep it real basic and let's make it about the players. Let's make this program about the players. It's not the parents club. It's not the coaches club. It's not the politics club. It's the players club. And I think with that name, you know, we've, we've stayed true to that. We make it about the players. So that was born in 2018 with, I mean, shoot three athletes that I trained and then we, and then we slowly grew because, um, you know, what I, what I did with the program was I, I allowed the players to come in when, uh, when the Harbor cats got there, you know, around two o'clock or three o'clock for seven o'clock game, I allowed these young athletes to come in and get on the field and get to know the players and, you know, kind of be around division one athletes, because that's, in my opinion, that's something that we're missing in a lot of towns is that culture. You know, um, something, you know, something I always say is you only know what you know. So in certain towns, if you got Little League and you got Babe Ruth or you got whatever, whatever your leagues are, that's all you know. So to give give these young athletes an opportunity to be around some Division One players from a different country, from different cities, really, really worked. You know, the kids loved it. They didn't they weren't always doing a lot, but they were around it. And I believe in development 
you don't always have to be doing. Sometimes you just have to be immersed in that culture. Uh-huh. Yeah. Did you right. see your, did you like, I, I mean, I think one of some of the thought process behind like these young athletes getting to see some of these players other than what you mentioned is um, did you see some of yourself in them as a younger um, athlete and maybe wanting something of that experience to where you get to talk to these players and see what they're doing, how they're, uh, how they're playing the game, maybe some point. hundred percent. I mean, it it was something that was, you know, that I didn't get to experience, you know, living up here in Canada. We, again, I only knew what I knew. So, you know, I was fortunate. I was able to play on the Canadian national team and, and go to some pretty cool tournaments and be picked up by, you know, different travel teams around the U S and, so I got, I did get that experience a little bit with new cultures and, and that did prepare me a little bit better than, um, you know, some of my teammates, but you know, one of the things that always sticks out to me is, I mean, look at the Toronto Blue Jays right now. You got Bo Bichette, you got Kevin Biggio and you got Vladdy Jr. You know, those three guys grew up around a culture of the game. They're not big leaguers by mistake. They're big leaguers because they grew up around it and they're, their families, they, they were around the ballpark nonstop. They're in the clubhouse, they're on the field. They're learning from people that are older than them and that are experiencing around the game. So it was kind of, it was more along the lines of that thought, you know, seeing all these big leaguers that these kids admire that are um, sons of Hall of Famers or ex-big leaguers that, that really, you know, hammered, hammered, the, hammered it home for me that that's what I wanted to do. So <clears throat> Um, you know, that, that it quickly grew to about, I'd say 15 or 20 at the end of 2018, 2019. And, you know, now currently, I mean, in our peak there, you know, kind of pre COVID and we have a brand new facility, 5,000 square foot facility up and running across from the stadium, you know, we're up to, uh, you know, close to 90 members. So, you know, young, young men, I mean, shoot, we got three and four year olds that come twice a week and we got college players, we got high school players, we got pro guys that come home or college guys that come home and train. And we like, you know, one of, one of the things I like is that you might have four, six year olds in there when five college guys are training. So it normalizes baseball. It normalizes that, that, um, you know, intimidation factor of being around older players and, we really work hard to encourage the older athletes to go and talk to the younger kids, go help them out. And yeah, again, this is why we call it the players club. You know, these players have a responsibility when they, when they come into the, into the training center to, to watch out for each other. And it's really fun to watch. You know, I had over spring break, I had a group of four-year-olds in there, three or four of them. And uh, I had another group of eight-year-olds. I pulled the eight-year-olds aside, you know, I had a little chat with them. I just said, kid boys, you, you know, you guys are the big boys now, you know, this is, this is your time. You guys need to take a little bit of a leadership role on here and uh, take care of the younger kids and, you know, show them, show them how it's done here. Show them the players club way. And you know, before you know it, you're not, you're not worried about the eight-year-olds goofing around anymore. You know, they're dialed into helping out the younger kids and, it it's it's fun to watch you know it's fun to get the feedback from the parents on it um and you know i've kind of passed the torch along to a lot of the coaches that we have now i'm 
more in a director's role. You know, I'm, 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 I'm in the facility working with a lot of the older players, helping them with their, with their recruiting, with, you know, dialing in their swings to, to, you know, certain aspects of the game. And, and a lot of the times helping the coaches see different things and, and organize what we're doing in there, because it's, it's grown to be a lot bigger than just me, you know, as, as much as I want to be there and help everyone. I know now my responsibility is to make sure this thing runs properly and I hire the right people to keep this thing going and keep this thing growing. So. Yeah. Um, and it seems like a really, really excellent program. And I got to ask with you running this program and knowing what you do know now, even with your coaching and then now your training and then now having this program, you know, what's something that you probably, if you could do it, go back and tell your younger, let's say 15 year old self, like what would you tell your younger self to do differently knowing what you knew now? And maybe this could help out a younger athlete who's listening to this. I would say do a little, a lot. You know, I used to be all out all the time and you know, coming from a little bit of an older school um, mentality was, you know, it's it's always all out, always all out for a long time. You know, I used to I used to drain myself. I remember, you know, in high school and college, you just extra work, extra work, extra work, and and extra work is fine. But <clears throat> you know, I think I think there's a one thing that we really focus on here is 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 our our players' safety and health, looking long term for these guys and. Um, you know, recovery is a massive part of that. So one thing we really focus on with our athletes and training that at a young age is, is, you know, being prepared for what you're going to do. You know, we, we screen our athletes. We make sure that they're healthy enough to be doing what they're doing. Um, you know, we in constant communication with, you know, um, our strength and conditioning coordinator, Jeremy Cordell, who kind of, he's part of the program implement, uh, implementing process. So, we stay in good touch with him. Uh, Ethan Fox, who's our, our pitching coach, is also a kinesiology student. So, you know, we're, we're always watching our players. Um, you know, if we notice they shake their arm or they hold their arm or they're walking funny, you know, we, we're quick to jump on that. We're also quick to communicate with their coaches. You know, because we're not a team, we understand that these players play on teams as well. You know, we have to, we have to respect what – their team goals are first before our goals when they're in season. So, um, you know, uh, I'm not saying don't, don't be all out and don't be all in, but be smart about it. Be smart about what you're doing. We, we tend to see a lot of kids get, get some success, start to get a little bigger, you know, when they're 14, 15 years old and they want more, they want it faster. They want it bigger. They want it harder. And a lot of the times this causes injury. And when you get that injury, you know, little parts of depression kick in for these players, you know, they, they get upset. They, they, they kind of become withdrawal from the game and I've seen it firsthand. So, you know, we have a, a kid coming in this week, actually he's 16, 17 years old and he's gone through some injury, but you know, I'm forcing him to come in not to do anything, but feed balls into the machine, you know, sit or just sit there, just be around just so that, He's not losing his connection with the athletes and with the other players, <clears throat> um, you know, and 
some of these some of these injuries are just caused by by doing too much all the time so one thing i say to the players you know after i see you know i've seen some kids in a cage there for two hours just going bananas on their swing and getting more frustrated as, as they get tired is do a little a lot you know just short spurts of success um you know, failure is going to happen when you're, when you're de- developing new, new mechanics or you're working on something, that's okay. You know, just do it a little bit. Don't kill yourself. Great. Um, now, each generation, um, like the generation before us, like our parents, um, you know, we're able to do certain things for us to help us get, us get us prepared. Now, there's probably none of the facilities back when you and I were growing up to try to train maybe on a year round basis for baseball. And part of that has to do with like climate and being not in a warmer client. So you're out and about playing baseball, but now that you're older and you've got all these things that you've learned and that you're working on, how do you think that's going to change the game of baseball? Well, athletes are a lot more technical now, you know, I mean, our athletes have, access to a multitude of technology that we use you know they're they're used to they're used to being measured nonstop. you know i'm wearing a shirt and some velo matters you know we we test velocity you know that's one of the main things we test whether it be throwing or hitting and we're constantly you know we we have some tools in our in our training center that you know that we measure where the ball goes how hard the ball goes when we first opened the training center and it was kind of bare bones batting cages, you know, it was very similar to what you would have at a, you know, a high school field. It's just a batting cage. So, you know, we're throwing batting practice and we're seeing kids hit the ball into the side of the net. And we're going, yeah, that's okay. Great job. You know, good looking swing sounded good. Looks good. We don't know. We, we don't know what that, what the result of that was. So if they're doing that thousands of times, you know, we don't know what is actually happening. So, we were able to, you know, put in all this technology and now we can see that, you know, that swing actually is a ground ball to second base. So now we have to figure out or the player has to figure out with the help from the coaches, how to make those adjustments. So we can see exactly where the ball is going on the field based on what velocity, based on what mechanics we're working on. Um, you know, and uh, it's all measurable. We measure, we measure, we measure, we test, we train, we retest. So the access to information is far greater. I mean, it's what didn't even exist when I played. It was basically how far you hit the ball. That's all that we really looked at or, you know, the old school stats like batting average and home runs and RBIs and stuff like that. So, um, which still matter, you know, they, they, those are, those are still big, big pieces of the pie when I'm recruiting. Um, you know, they don't tell the whole story though. So for these kids understanding, the different parts of the development, the numbers, the, you know, the production numbers, the process numbers, you know, the goals, the short-term, the long-term goals, having all the access to that information is, is something that we just didn't have. Where do you see the game of baseball going with all these statistics, all these numbers and the ability? Cause I know that I've seen like on some of your post players hitting and you could see where the ball's going so how do you think that this is going to change the game of baseball and where do you see it going in the future i don't i don't know if it's necessarily going to change the game of baseball it's going to change it's going to change 
the players who are intentional about being better, you know, the athletes that understand what, what opportunities that they have are going to have a better chance at at success. You know, we're, we still get, uh, you know, a large percentage of kids who come, you know, they'll come in or they'll try out for teams and they'll just mail it in like, like normal. They don't really care. They, they might run into a couple here and there, or, you know, they're happy where they, they're happy where they're at. But, um, you know, I just, I think it's taken a little bit of time to establish this culture in, in, in our training center. But, you know, I mean, we're watched, I'm sitting back yesterday watching guys hit and we have a no cell phone policy, but I get asked all the time, Hey, can I take my cell phone out to record myself? And we got tons of tripods and every day now, all the tripods are being used. They all got their cell phones on there. They're taking them from cage to cage. They're videoing their swings. They're reviewing them. Um, they're looking at their numbers. We, we, we provide little notebooks in the dugout. Uh, they're more than welcome to take a notebook as many as they need and, and write things down. It's not mandatory. It's a suggestion for me because I, it used to work for me when I would, you know, track what I was doing, keep notes on what I was doing to keep, make me successful or what I was doing when I was failing. So, you know, it's, it's been fun watching, I'd say, you know, over half, half of our membership is now really taking advantage of, of this technology and the information that we're providing them. And it's definitely helping them. You know, it's, it's definitely changing their game. I I wouldn't say it's changing the game, but it's changing their game and it's putting them, putting them in in a place. I don't think they've ever, they've ever thought they would be. But The funny thing is they get frustrated because, you know, they're always striving for better. It's kind of like watching yourself grow in the mirror. You know, you don't, you don't see it but you're always growing, you know, as kids, you're always slowly growing. And, um, you know, we have, we have meetings with the kids all the time and we, we look back as to where they were, you know, two, three months ago. And, you know, a lot of the times their, their minds are just blown at their success. They didn't even, they didn't realize how successful they were being. You know, yesterday we had a kid in the cage. He's a 2020, 2023 grad. Um, he was exit of was 79 miles an hour. Couldn't get to that 80 point a few months ago. And yesterday he was, it was 88, 90. You know, he set his personal record of 90 and it's just hitting absolute lasers. I, I couldn't even believe it. You know, I hadn't been working with him a lot. He'd been working with some of our other coaches and I mean, I was just blown away. It was, it was phenomenal to see. Now you mentioned a little bit ago about, you know, when you're, you had a, you have a player who's hurt and even though they maybe can't participate hitting or or pitching or doing some other drills, you had them come in and run the ball machine and feed the balls in, but there's a mental aspect behind that. And I know you do a little bit of mental coaching to help better prepare our younger athletes for either time hard times or just when they're in a a bad drought and they're not either pitching well or they're not hitting well what are some things that you you tend to look for and then how are you helping prepare younger athletes on a mental level i think i think it's you know the it's that 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 mindset of all in you know that that total immersion so you can immerse yourself in that culture regardless of of your success or failure 
you're going to realize that it's normal, that it's normal, that baseball is a game of failure. Um, and we had a, he's 13 year old. He, um, and there, we have a group of, you know, these 13 to 12, 13 year olds we call them the pine tar boys because they come in and they, we have a pine tar station. And the first day they just, they were absolutely covered in pine tar. They had never really played with it before. So they had it on their arms their helmets or bats or faces. So, um, we had the pine tar boys in and, you know, there was, uh, they were all trying out for a team and the majority of them made the team and one didn't. And, um, and he was, he was pretty crushed. But, you know, we, we had a good chat with them and we, you know, we, we decided together that this was probably the best thing that could have ever happened to him. And now he's in the facility six days a week, you know, slowly tweaking his game. He understands now that, you know, if he had probably made that team, he would have just kept on coasting at that level he was at because he was, he was good enough. He was just good. He was just good enough to make that team. You know, probably have an average season, but, you know, now him understanding that making that team was a powerful, powerful thing in his life at 13 years old. I mean, in a couple months now, he's, his, his game's gone through the roof just because he's, he's now understood and he's taken advantage of some failure and, and turned it into success for himself. So, you know, having that kind of failure, and sharing it, you know, being, being open with it. That's something that, that we really stress. And, and, you know, in the players club is, is communication with the coaches, where you're at, how you're feeling, what's going on in life, what's going on at school. Um, and we have a ton of resources to help the kids. You know, we have, we have some kids in college right now that are super math nerds and, you know, they're, they're helping out kids in grade 10. Now, you know, we, we understand that, you know, there's a 10th grader that needs some help with math. So we got one of the college kids, you know, helping them out a little bit. So, um, yeah, sorry, I go off on tangents in different directions when you ask me questions sometimes, but no um, worries. It's good information. It's, uh, you know, the, the mental side in our facility, you know, in, in what we do in the players club, you know, it, it's, it's not cookie cutter. It's, it's completely different for every athlete, you know, every athlete we, we kind of have a different plan and a different approach for, you know, we, we work off the same principles and foundations, but we have to be diligent and careful as to how we present those to them and how we work with them on it. You know, some kids are just a little more emotionally advanced than others and some kids can take it. Some kids can't. So we got to get to guide them through it. You know, we're, we're setting these kids, trying to set these kids up for success, not just in baseball, but in life. Now let's jump forward to um, the WCL, the West Coast League, and the Harbor Cats. You know, you've again we talked about how you've been involved with the organization since 2018. What was it like that first year um, coming up coaching um, with the Harbor Cats and the, the level of talent that you had? It was great. It was it was a lot of fun. It was fun to be. You know, I'd worked in high school and in high school ball majority of my time um, since playing pro and, and playing college ball. So it was, um, it was a lot of fun to be around some kids that had a little bit more of a professional approach to the game, a little more, a little bit more dialed in. Um, you know, they're, they're still kids. You know, they're they're in college and they're they're at these great programs, but at the end of the day, they're still kids. So, you know, it's. Um, 
he gives a little bit of, I wouldn't say babysitting, but you know, you, you gotta, you gotta dial these guys in and, and that, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun getting back to that level of competition where guys can execute properly. Um, you can work a little bit more specifically on mechanics and they understand the feel of, of what you're talking about. Um, you know, or just letting guys go, you know, one of the most powerful things you can do as a coach sometimes is keep your mouth shut. It's, uh, and we watch some guys fail for a bit. And it's really fun watching guys figure things out on their own. And, you know, at that level, a lot of these guys have that tools to do that. So as I discussed with Jim on a previous episode some time ago, you know, like some, he said, some of these players have never had the opportunity to either leave the United States. Um, I believe you had a player from Japan um, and the Harbor cats even had um, I think the first female player in the league. So I, being on the forefront of some of this amazing stuff that the Harbor cats are doing, you know, what's it like? Is it a bit overwhelming for some of these players having left their country, maybe being the first female play athlete uh, to play baseball in the WCL? Like what are some, what are some of these things you're seeing? Yeah. I mean, I think with our fan base, you know, we can get up to 5,000 people at a game. Um, I think that's quite a shocker for some of the kids that come up and play, you know, if they're coming from a junior college or, you know, a program that maybe only draws a hundred or 150 people, you know, the, the buzz and the, and it feels like you're at a pro game, you know, it's, um, it's loud. There's, there's lots going on. And I think there's a, you know, kind of a starstruck factor that, that happens initially. But I think after that, you know, the organization and the league, I mean, it's, it's a hard league. It's a, it's a bus league. It's a travel league. You don't really get a lot of time to do much other than focus on baseball. You know, you, you get to the field, you do your early work, you, you warm up, you play the game. You're there until about 10 o'clock at night, you go, you get your sleep, you go to the gym, you lift, <laughs> you get on the bus, you travel somewhere, you know, we play a lot of games and, and not a lot of days. So, um, you know, I think if they had a, a little more time, um, they get to explore some things that we have in the city or, you know, um, traveling to a different part of, of the world for some of them or the country. But with our, like I said, with our league, it's, it's go, go, go. It's, it's nonstop. You know, like we said, when we first started this before you started recruiting is, you know, or before we started recording, um, you know, I got off the bus when we first met and I was a freaking zombie, you know, we'd been traveling for a while here. I just kind of, you know, wanted to get to the field and get to work. So a lot of players, um, you know, majority of the players are, are in that same boat. Yeah. And the Harbor cats have had some excellent talent come through the organization and just to name the two, um, right current, really, right now, um, you know, there's Alex Degatti, who works, plays now for the Astros. You got Andrew Vaughn, who plays for um, the Chicago White Sox, and Nick Pavetta, who pitches for the Boston Red Sox. So it's without, it goes without to say, there's some amazing talent that comes through the organization. What's it been like to work with those players? um you know it's they're all good kids you know it's 
they're just they do a little bit of something different than the rest of them you know there it's it's all part of their journey is playing summer baseball um you know obviously you know a lot of those guys don't get special treatment i've actually known nick pivetta since he was about 12 years old he's from victoria so you know it's it's funny when i you know i we text phil and after his after starts and it's just like talking to the same old kid you know he's he's um uh he's always been a good kid um alex agoti he's 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 just a you know a phenomenal dude he he came up to victoria in 2018 or 2019 to work some players club camps with me you know he flew him up here and he was happy to come up and and share share his knowledge you know they're they're as humble as they come they they love to give back and and you know these guys know where they're from they know what it took to get there and they're happy to pass their knowledge on um i didn't get a i didn't get a chance to coach when when andrew vaughn was there but you know just like everybody says you know, he's, he's a great guy hard worker humble and you know you just there's some of these guys you just you kind of know that they're going to go in a good direction and you just hope they stay healthy you know you hope they get the good breaks because they're they're good kids and you know you see that you see that in a lot of kids that you coach you know you you just you're with them for such a short amount of their 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 life you know two and a half three months in a summer and you never get to see them again you know sometimes they don't come back sometimes they do come back you know Alex Degote was here for three seasons so um yeah you just you wish them the best you you try to stay in touch with them. I, I stay in touch with, with a lot of, a lot of players that come through the Harbor cats, whether it be, you know, they send me their swings or we talk when they're not feeling good. Most of the time I only talk to the players when they're not doing that good at their schools. I don't really get a lot of, Hey, I'm doing this well. I'm doing this well, you know? Um, but it's it, like I said, you, I'm here to, my goal is to create opportunities for others and help others. And uh, you know, it's, it's fun to be a part of their journey. So I saw, I think it was not last, not last year because the season got canceled, but the year before, I believe you guys were playing Wenatchee in the uh, the semis, and you had, I think it was game five or so at um, at Victoria, and the crowd was going just absolutely bonkers during that playoff game. What's that feeling like, just as a coach, not as a player, but as a coach? being there during the game, even though it's a little bit stressful and you want your boys to do good, but what's it like just to be in that environment? That's electric, man. It's, it's, it's what it's all about. You know, you work, you know, you play a long, long, long season to get to those opportunities where it's do or die. I mean, you know, I had Harrison spawn up and, you know, this was a 10th inning and, you know, we, we walked it off with a base hit, you know, we, we we were winning then we were losing that we were winning it's an it's an emotional roller coaster and you know i know the fans go through it with us um and you know we the coaching staff would do a pretty good job of of you know keeping our doing the best to keep keep our keep our minds in the game but those emotions they can definitely take over you know especially when you got great fans behind you and you know, sometimes you just sit back as a coach and you become a fan. You, you watch it. It's out of your hands. You know, you've, you've done, you've done all the coaching you can do. And when our players have that kind of success to walk off, to go to the finals, you know, you, you do, you become a fan of, of the players <clears throat> that have worked their butts off to, uh, you know, to, to put the team in that position. 
tell us about one moment, like in particular, if, if you can pick out one moment. Um, but what's been one moment that just sticks in your mind that you've just, as a coach, you've been sitting, you were sitting there watching the game and then just a player did some random amazing thing and you're like, wow. Man, I think it have to be 2019 Chase Wesner. And it wasn't just one time. It was every time. You know, the guy was up in a, I mean, I remember Canada Day. We, pin, we, we put him into pinch hit, I think. And, uh, you know, it was bottom of bottom of nine comes up, you know, he hits a, we just, you just kind of knew he was going to hit a double and he hit a double, he hit a double to walk, you know, for us to walk off. And that season with him, you know, he's a really unassuming looking guy with just this phenomenal professional swing. And every time he was up to bat, you knew, you, you knew something was going to happen. So, you know, like I said, it, probably that Canada day walk off where, you know, watch him walk up to the plate. You just, you kind of knew it was over. You kind of knew he was going to hit that double. Now, what about working with, I know you talked a little bit about Jim and the other staff, but what's it about the Harbor cats that makes them so unique and, you saying, I just want to be here every day and come back. I think it's the multitude of people that come into the office, you know, the, the support we have from, from our, our fans and the local community in Victoria. And you know, we have a, a great stadium. that's right downtown. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's the whole community. It's, it's Victoria in general. Um, and we would be nothing without our fans. You know, we would be nothing without the people that support us. So you know, it goes hand in hand. We, we work hard. We work really hard to give them a, uh, you know, a good show and put a phenomenal product on the field. And, you know, they, they, they show that support because that's, that's what we, you know, we work hard to do. So it's, um, you know, apart from the staff and the players, it's definitely the, the community. When you're talking to players and you're trying to recruit, to come to Victoria, Obviously, you clearly got to talk about the West Coast League. What do you, what do you say to them to make make it so you can separate and say this is this is an elite level of baseball, and we really want you to come here and play? Well, I mean, you know, look at our coaching staff. You know, it's it's. I mean, our twenty twenty one coaching staff was going to be three big leaguers. You know, right there. I mean that the the amount of knowledge these kids can get in summer baseball is 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 it's second to none it's you know it's not even on the field it's being on the bus it's getting the opportunity to talk to talk to these guys who have been through it they've won world series they, they've been at all-star games they've you know they've played in the big leagues and that's the ultimate goal for all these players so you know with that and victoria recruits itself you know, it's a beautiful city, you know, we're surrounded by water. Um, and it's just a great place to, to spend a summer. You know, it's, I think one of the, one of the main reasons our coaching staff loves it is to get to spend summers in Victoria. And you've worked with coach Haney for some time. What's it, what's it like to be on his staff and, and work with him in the summertime? And Todd and I have become really, really good friends. You know, we, um, working and I like how you say it, working with him, you know, he's, he's a manager that lets you do your thing. 
You know, he, he puts a lot of trust into his coaches, um, and his coaches ability and what they do. And he manages, he manages people. Well, you know, he's a, he's definitely a player's coach because Todd is a ball player. You know, it's, um, everybody gets along very well. It's pretty quick. You, you, you recognize pretty quick if somebody doesn't gel and that's in that scene. And, uh, I don't know how, how you don't gel in that scene, but you know, working with, working with Todd is, uh, it's, it's not even work. You know, you, you get to go to the ballpark with your buddy and, you know, work on, you know, go out and do early work. You know, we're there one o'clock for seven o'clock game, getting guys ready and can't, can't get there early enough. So I got to ask, cause I just recently watched the series, Ted Lasso. Who's your Ted Lasso coach for the team? <laughs> I haven't watched it, but I have a good idea of uh, of who that character is. I mean, that would be our first base coach, Troy Burtwistle, in a heartbeat. <laughs> what, is, what about him? He's a cartoon character. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got a funny you got to have a funny story about the coach. I mean, I'll tell you what, coach Coach Burtwistle. I mean, he. He talks, he loves like one of his favorite hobbies is picking up sticks on his property. Let's just, let's just throw that out there. That's what he talks about. He talks about picking up sticks, you know, show up to the game and, or show up for early work and he's already running poles with no shirt off and some crazy pink shoes on or something like that. You know, he's, <laughs> he's a bit of a cartoon character. Troy's a beauty. You know, he's, uh, players love him. He brings, he brings the youthfulness and joy to the players, you know, and there's quite a bit of seriousness going on. You can, you can trust that birdie's going to get the guys, you know, laughing or, or, you know, lighten the mood a little bit. That, that's awesome. Um, what at Wilson's group stadium, you know, it looks like a beautiful park. I've never been there myself. Uh, but can you explain a little bit about Wilson's group stadium for those who haven't been there? Yeah, I mean it's it's an old bone stadium that um, you know the city of Victoria and the Victoria Harbor Cats have worked hard together to kind of modernize. Um, you know, Jim Jim has had some fun with it, and you know we've we've pushed the bar a little bit with with building a party deck that's pretty much on the field. You know, it's uh, I mean it's maybe three feet away from the foul line. You're basically in play you're pretty much right behind the third base coach. So, you know, we had um, a big, huge uh, standing area over the bullpen where player, you know, fans would come and heckle. Um, they were, it's, it's fun. The, the food trucks that are there are phenomenal. You know, it's one of the, I mean, we put a zip line in, in 20, 20, 2019, you know, during the game, there'd be people zip lining across the, you know, right field fence. It's bananas. And, uh, it's it's a bit of a I, th I think the best way to describe it is it's a it's a carnival with the baseball game going on in the middle. That is what I hear. But um, <laughs> last last question I have for you, Coach. You know this. Year, I know the last two years have been a little bit difficult for the WCL and teams having to cancel because of of COVID. And then this year, I know that all of the Canadian teams had to cancel but looking at a bright spot with all this Canada's expanded the number of teams 
in the WCL. Um, this year, they were supposed to be Nanaimo. Um, you added uh, the Campalus team and then Edmonton. And then you had um, Kelowna, who has been in the league. And then you're in Victoria yourself. What does it mean to Canadians to continue to see this ex- level of expansion in the WCL in Canada specifically? Well, I, I think it, I, I think it's kind of a, you know, baseball's back kind of thing. You know, we, all these, all these cities have stadiums and great facilities from teams that have been there in the past. And I think there's a bit of a lull in baseball in Canada for a while. We're starting to see a real surge in in kids playing, um, development, you know, players coming out of Canada, and just general interest in in baseball in Canada. So it's uh, you know we just started um, a new a new college program here in Victoria, BC as well, and the you know the um, the interest in that has just been through the roof, you know for 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 collegiate players to come play here from September to May. So it's, um, you know, I look at it as a lot of people say the pandemic happened to me. I, I like to think it happened for me and for us, you know, we've created a lot of opportunity and a lot of things, a lot of, a lot of great programs through this pandemic. And, um, you know, in 2022, especially in the West coast league, you know, the Western Canada, it's going to be booming with baseball. It's, it's, it's fun to watch. You could probably say it's allowed you to hone into those other items that may have probably gone on the back burner or might not have had the time to develop. Would you say that's a good statement? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we all have ideas. We talk about things and uh, you know, we, especially being baseball coaches or baseball guys, we never have the time to do it. You know, we're, we're always focused on what's right in front of us. And, and usually that is a lot, there's always a lot in front of us. So getting to sit back a little bit and, um, you know, plan some things out and go after, go after some ideas that we had was, was, it was fun. It's been, it's been a blast and it's created, like I said, it's created a lot of opportunity, um, you know, for post pandemic. And uh, actually, I have one more question because you brought up a, a point that I had skipped over, which is the Victoria Golden Tide, which is a new collegiate team that you're now the head coach of and working on. And it's an 18, they're in an 18 Canadian college baseball conference, and it's open to students within, I think, Victoria. There are, what, am yep. I, is there two universities? That- yeah, there's two schools here. There's Camosun College and UVic. Um <clears throat> You can, you can go to those schools. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, the CCBC has been around for about 20 years. Um, and again, the level of play in this league is it's, it's growing. It's, it's growing, you know, very fast. There was, a you know, there was a player taken by the Minnesota twins out of one program last year. So, you know, we're starting to see, especially with the backlog in the universities in the U S a lot of Canadian kids aren't getting that opportunity, you know, to, to travel South and, and play the baseball that they want. So we're, we're starting to see a lot more athletes want to stick around, play baseball. And they realize that, you know, the level of competition up here is, is, is pretty darn good. And, um, you know, it can be used as a stepping stone to get to that division one program, no different than going to a junior college in the U S. So, you know, that's one of our goals here is to, 
you know, help players reach their goals. You know, you come here for a year or two and we're going to work hard to get you to that division one program, you know, being, being, doing the recruiting with the Harbor cats, you know, I have a, a massive list of, of division one coaches I talk to and, you know, when, when we can, when we can send the division one players back to their programs better than they came down, you know, I think those division one coaches are going to listen. Um, when I say, Hey, I, I, I got a guy, I got a Canadian kid here who I think you might want to look at. So, so that's how it all, you know, that's how it all really goes full circle with, with, you know, what you're talking about with all the hats I wear. It's, um, everything, everything really works together, you know, and kind of a kind of synergy. So, you know, from the youth side to the college side, to the Harbor cat side, to the pro side. So. Yeah, coach, I think everything that you're doing, I want to commend you because it's it's definitely but i don't think knowing that the type of person you are you really look at it as work as a whole but i want to commend you and say i think that what you're doing for baseball in victoria and canada as a whole is definitely going to i believe further um, baseball in canada in the interest alone maybe increase it um, and also make better players and better human beings coming out of the area. So thank you for what you're doing. Thanks, Ben. I appreciate that. So we appreciate you coming on coach. It's been a great episode and I've learned a lot and had a great time hanging with you today. Awesome, Ben. Thank you. And uh, have a good day. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Diamonds and Roses podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ben. You have yourself a great day wherever you are at and peace out. Thank you.